Welcome to Coachable Wealth, where we blend the worlds of sports and finance to bring you strategies as you navigate your wealth building journey. John, Cody, and Sean are here to help you elevate your financial advisor relationship to meet your long-term goals. Now let's get to it. I watched almost a whole UNC Florida State game, and I think Cody knows, but I'm a little bit of a closet UNC Tar Heels basketball fan. I don't really have any rhyme or reason why behind that, but I don't know, as as a kid, I, I just kind of started following them, probably just because all the hype with Michael Jordan and that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, after the Super Bowl ends, I'm going to have nothing productive to input to this conversation. <laughs> You're going to have to start watching college basketball. <laughs> yeah. What are your thoughts on, obviously, we had some big NFL playoff games this weekend. So I think what we all wanted to happen uh, didn't happen on both sides, the AFC and the NFC. Obviously, the, the Chiefs look good. I think the Ravens kind of gave one away with, with some, you know, mistakes and penalties. On the other side, you know, you have the Lions just, I don't know if you want to call it blowing, a, what, a 17-point <laughs> lead in the second half. And um, you can make all kinds of comments about them, you know, going going forward on fourth down or things like that. But that was kind of their what got them there, and they stuck to it, so you respect it. But, um, you know, now as far as the Super Bowl, I think I'm, I'm all in for the 49ers. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I'm not a big uh, Chiefs and, and all of the other um, things that surround Chiefs games <laughs> that I don't even want to mention. I, I think I could certainly do without. Not, yeah. Uh, not a Swifty? <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I was really, I'm sure you guys saw that video of um, Mahomes and Kelsey messing with Justin Tucker's equipment on the field. I was kind of hoping I'd see Justin Tucker hit like a 60 yard game winner. That would have been good. <laughs> yeah. How about you, John? As I said last week, I was rooting for the the Ravens and the Lions, um, so we didn't get either of those outcomes. But I don't know, like the Chiefs—they you put them in that situation, they're just one of those teams that they know how to win. Yeah, Andy Reid prepares them. Mahomes knows how to lead them. They they just get in that spotlight and they know how to win these big games. And I saw something this morning that was interesting. If you take Mahomes, his first six years in the league, compared to Tom Brady, they're almost tracking identically for their first six years. The biggest difference was Super Bowl victories. Um, Mahomes is obviously one behind Brady in the first six years, but it's just amazing how, I mean, Brady, what, a year ago? He's kind of been out of the league, and now we have another superstar like Mahomes who's just tracking the same as Brady did with stats. and. So is this Mahomes' sixth year? Yeah. So he could, if they do win the Super Bowl, he would tie Tom Brady with three. Yep. I think I saw that too. And it was kind of crazy. So Mahomes has made the AFC championship game every single year since he's been a starter. I know we spoke about that briefly last year. But yeah, again, going to the Super Bowl and having the chance to win three Super Bowls in your first six years is, is kind of crazy. And then I, I also regarding that, I saw like the stats between them. Mahomes, like quarterback rating, touchdowns, and interceptions are all better than what Tom Brady's were, which is kind of, especially looking at this year, like Mahomes really doesn't have that many targets or weapons, I should say, besides obviously Travis Kelsey. And he relied heavy on Travis Kelsey this weekend. Yeah. What, I, I think Mahomes started out, what, he started out like 10 completions in a row? Yeah. And I think Kelsey had, what, five or six in the first quarter or two? Yeah. Just going back to your security blanket, whenever, whenever things are, are coming up, just going back to what makes you feel comfortable. 
that's obviously what the Chiefs did. And I mean, their defense obviously stepped up a ton yesterday too. Right. But yeah, it, it definitely was unfortunate that the Lions could not hold on to, to that lead at halftime and, and collapsed. Yeah, I, th- I think the um, the 49ers have have the record for most championship game appearances. It's it's a I forget what the number is off the top of my head, but it's a pretty ridiculous number. I think it's around 18 or 19. Yeah, I think yesterday was their 19th. Yeah. I think they're now 8 and 11 in those games. Well, if you go back to what, Joe Montana days, Steve Young, I mean, they were in it every year. Yeah. 49ers or the Cowboys were going head-to-head almost every year for that. I forget, maybe like the 90s, early 90s, mid-90s in that time frame. But to your point, yeah, I mean, they were just facing each other almost every year, I felt like. And then last night they were saying since Shanahan and John Lynch took over, they've you know they've been on a, a heck of a run for the last six seasons. Right. Yeah, and they've had a bunch of different quarterbacks every time too. Yeah, so I love the rematch. Everyone's making this the rematch, but it's almost like the Niners outside of George Kittle have a completely different team that lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think the Lions too. Fun young team to watch, but they said yesterday during the broadcast that the Lions have not won a road playoff game since 1957. Oh, my god! I think that was the year that the Burger King debuted the Whopper. And <laughs> they also said, I think the president was, I think, Dwight D. Eisenhower, 1957. That is crazy. That's almost 70 years ago. Yeah. Wow. It's <laughs> yeah, that, that, that has to be so frustrating to be a Lions fan, being up by 17 and a half. Look, I mean, they were dominating the game. They were pretty much moving the ball with, with ease. And then in the second half, just – completely fell apart it was almost a great year to be a michigan sports fan yeah almost yeah sean from like a, a coaching aspect do you think like i don't know i call it a kind of monumental collapse for the the lions do you think that like just the pressure of the, the spotlight kind of got to him the, the inexperience yeah I, I think the niners definitely looked like they've been in championship and super bowl games before i think shanahan is the best coach in the nfl hands down and I think he's able to make make adjustments you know and the Lions I think just didn't make plays when they needed to going forward on fourth down which is what got them there so I respect that they stuck with it but when it came down to it I think the Niners just made the plays when they needed to be made and they they were close to getting that onside kick I I thought it was a good bounce you know anything could have happened there but it was it was tough tough to watch at the end I know uh being an Eagles fan um we probably don't give Brock Purdy enough credit for kind of what he does on a weekly basis, but he kind of fits that mold. Um, he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he just does enough to make the plays and obviously get those victories. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost like he's very similar to uh, G- Jimmy G, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think it's like the Mike Shanahan builds a system where you don't have to rely on a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And obviously he had a top, 10 or you know top five season but well he had that kind of success if he was playing for the new york giants you, you know m- maybe not yeah they, they build a great system built around you know uh you know receivers tight ends running backs and kind of takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback which is it's good to see when in today's world you see like you know if you don't have a mahomes you know most teams aren't going to do anything yeah exactly i mean if you put mahomes on the 49ers with with their weapons and their game plan i think th- they would be unstoppable they might be the first team to go undefeated and win the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. They were also saying that they, the 49ers and the Lions are probably the two most 
physical teams in the NFL. Yeah. So it's probably no surprise that they made it this far, just with that that type of physicality that they that they've shown all season. Yeah, the Ravens also were were up there, but then yesterday they had some costly mistakes where they didn't keep their composure and, and got what I think three or four personal fouls after a play. Yeah, there's some some bad some bad uh, some playing on the on the Ravens end. Yeah, going back to your comment about you know the, the Lions being one of the, the toughest teams and the 49ers, just it's amazing what happens. You know, as a coach, I love to see teams that can just run the football when they want in a, in a league where it's everyone wants to be five wide receivers, you know, shotgun all the time. It's good to see teams that line up under center, hand the ball off. And I think over time, you just start to wear people down. I mean, the, the Lions have a stable of running backs and the 49ers, I think, have the best running back in the NFL, at least this past season. So it's good to see teams just those two teams or other teams out. And I don't know about you guys. Every time I hear Dan Campbell talk, I you know I want to run through a brick wall. Yeah, I put the pads back on. So it's, it's really, he, you know it's hard to not like him. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be a good coach for them going forward. So speaking of coaches, I think it's interesting that um, it seems like Bill Belichick is not going to be a, a coach next year in the NFL. Um, I guess he's obviously looking for the right opportunity to get back into coaching and as of now may potentially be working for media companies next year and then potentially on the openings we'll look at where he wants to coach going into 2025. Yeah, that 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 is that is interesting. I heard that also too, Cody. It looks like all these franchises are going the younger route. Yeah. They they kind of want that young, hot coordinator coach. I for one thought Belichick was gonna get hired probably at the Falcons at least for a couple of years, but I saw they hired somebody. So that, that was a prize to me too, that Belichick is probably not going to get a head coaching job this year. Maybe he'll get back into it next year. Yeah, I'll be interested. I guess he already has his eyes potentially on the Cowboys. So uh, as an Eagles fan, as we're all Eagles fans, I really hope that does not happen going into 2025. If the Cowboys don't live up to the expectations next year and, and Mike McCarthy gets fired, I really do not want to see Bill Belichick as the, the Cowboys head coach. Yeah, and he doesn't seem like the uh, lay on a beach and retire kind of guy. No, nope. he he's needs something to do. Yeah, I was I was just gonna say that I, he doesn't seem like he could. Yeah, sit in the beach. Speaking of the beach, did you see uh, those videos of Nick Saban in Florida, Boogie boarding? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> it, it looked like someone who has not ever boogie board before. Right. Like he he tried to take a wave that was already like crashing. It it, yeah. it was not pretty. Enjoying his retirement, what, two, three weeks in? Yeah. Hey, he, he deserves it. Yeah. So speaking of uh, the last week, the fourth quarter GDP came out. The most recent inflation numbers came out. Inflation, uh, what, over the last three, four, five months, the trend has been going down. But I think the biggest surprise to me is just with the, the whole commentary of potential recession, now it's strong towards a soft landing and probably no recession, but just the overall GDP number came in over 3%, I believe, what, 3.3%? Yep. Just being able to sustain that, I mean, I think that's positive in the right direction here. Yeah, exactly. One of the goals of the Fed was to get inflation back to 2%, and, and the way they were going to do that is they have to slow down the, the economy without putting us into a recession. So seeing GDP still strong over 3%, and then the core PCE number came out at 0.2% month over month, which is a lot lower than where we were just last year. And then year over year, it's all the way down to 29 which I think is the lowest we've seen since before the, the pandemic. So 
hopefully they continue this this trend and get inflation down to their goal of of two percent, and then potentially start looking at cutting interest rates. Yeah, that's that's a good point, and, and I think another thing is people are still spending money. Yeah. You know, looking at University of Michigan's consumer sentiment index had a twenty nine percent jump in the last two months, which is the highest in in quite a while. Um, I think 30 years. And it's not the highest it's ever been, but people aren't acting like there's a recession coming when it comes to their personal finances. You know, they're out there spending money. So, so that's another good indicator. I think, like John said, that the indication is going towards either a softer landing or no recession at all. That, that's good to see. Yep. I think the traveling is interesting. I think it was the CEO of American Airlines. Um, I think I caught him on CNBC last week. And they're saying, I mean, there's really no slowdown in the travel end. I mean, flights are sold out. Hotels are, I think they said like 80 plus percent occupancy. And they said like the luxury travel um, for the cruises, like Viking cruises are like all time highs. I think some people thought it was maybe like a COVID one time thing that travel is peaking, but it seems to be sustained that everyone is still traveling. And to your point, Sean, I mean, just the consumer, they're spending. Yeah, I saw a note this morning that JP Morgan came out with their outlook for 2024. And I guess the theme that they're calling it is 2024. And the reason they're doing that is they're saying 2% growth rate for the year. The most recent one was a little higher. Zero recessions, which is completely different than what a lot of people thought the last couple of years. They think we are going to get down to 2% inflation. And then they also think unemployment may bump up a little bit to, to 4%. But again, that's pretty much what the Fed said that needs to happen to get inflation down to to 2%. Rates are coming down or potentially coming down. Inflation is on its way down. And they said prices are starting to stabilize. I don't know. Personally, I went to the grocery store yesterday (laughs) and grocery prices are still sky high. Um, I'd love to see those come down, but I don't know. When I go to the store and I check out, I just looked at myself and I'm like, when did two bags of groceries become this expensive? Yeah. Um, and it seems like th- those are things that just have not gone down. Maybe the price is stabilized, if you want to say that, but they've stabilized at a big increase, you know, in my opinion, over the last four years, I'd say. Yeah, I think that's what it is. They're not going up anymore in price, but they're staying where they were over the last couple of years. And that's why if we start looking at the month over month and year over year inflation, it's coming down, even though the actual price of the groceries aren't coming down. They're staying at the the higher. They're just not increasing even more. And if we can get oil prices down, it would be interesting, you know, and and gas prices then go down, you know, would that have a a positive impact on things like groceries? Because a lot of rationale as well. This is what it takes to get, you know, ship these groceries from wherever they come from. So that it'd be nice to see that happen if gas prices can go down and we can maybe catch a break for a loaf of bread at the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, that'll be interesting. I think another, what else? Is, coffee. They said coffee's at an all-time high too. Oh, really? So, I mean, you know, Americans love coffee, so they, they have no budget in what they'll, they'll, they'll spend on having their, their daily... Uh, latte from Starbucks or wherever it's from. It, it is crazy. I mean, I like uh, drink it. I don't really drink Starbucks, but whenever I go with my wife, I, I swear her coffee is like $8 every single time we go. But she also gets like all the special, I don't know, creamers or whatever you get into it. It's not even like, a, it's pretty much like a milkshake. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm coming up on 30 years old and I can confidently say I've never had a cup of coffee at this point in my life. So <laughs> that's pretty impressive. I definitely cannot say that. Now, pre-workout, on the other hand, you, you know, that's a, <laughs> so maybe that's a substitute, yeah. 
<laughs> I used to take pre-workout almost every day after after work before I worked out, but I don't know. More recently, it's been giving me like the the shakes or whatever, so I stopped taking it. Yeah, it gets you all wiry. Yeah, I've been uh, dabbling into the PGA Tour a little bit here. I think PGA Tour at this point is just a Look at the nice weather and the golf courses that they're playing at. <laughs> I mean, I, I saw they were playing um, at Torrey Pines in California, and I think I believe it was the Farmers Insurance Open. Yep. So I did watch some of that over the weekend, um, and then Saturday I watched some of the North Carolina versus Florida State game, and then I also I think I watched some of the Villanova college basketball game also. How is Villanova doing this year? They're like right in the middle of the pack in their conference. I think right around 500. Okay. I'm a Kansas basketball fan, and they had a tough game this weekend against Iowa State that they they unfortunately lost. I think they lost two games in a row now on a little bit of a, a down streak for, for Kansas. I uh, tried to watch a little bit of the 76ers on Saturday versus the Denver Nuggets, and Bede sat out, Maxi sat out. Harris sat out. Harris sat out, so yeah. <laughs> fifths of their team starting lineup wasn't even playing, but they still almost won the game. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how much. Um, so Joel Embiid is is having a crazy season again for for the Sixers, and I know a lot of people always talk about the the load management that he potentially has, and I, I think it went into effect this year where if you miss a certain amount of games, you can't win the MVP. And I saw that they asked him about that, I and mean, he said, honestly, at this point, I don't I don't care about winning the MVP. I want to win the championship. So. That's definitely good to hear as a, as a Sixers fan. So if he's going to miss some of these games to be healthy for the long haul, should hopefully be a good playoff run for, for the Sixers. And hopefully it's not a second round exit again for what, like the fourth year in a row or however many. Not being a Sixers fan, I, I am a, a big San Antonio Spurs fan just from being a kid. And, and while their record is, to put it bluntly, they're in last place in the Western Conference. But I, I think they watching them they have i think the best young player in the nba victor Wembiana, and i think it's it's only a matter of time until some people see that and, and whether you know there's trades or free agents want to sign there but watching him and i know you know Embiid, i, I think dropped 70 on victor Wembiana the other the other day but victor kind of had a quiet double double against mb too and Embiid's no slouch on defense so it's um yeah, it's good to see that, at least from my standpoint, you know, I, I have no affiliation with the Sixers, but it was um, from being an outsider's fan. And Bede's definitely having a great year, but it was good to see, you know, a, a rookie kind of drop 35 on him, too. So, yeah, that, that he's going to be really good going forward. How old is he? Like 18, 19? Is he even 19 yet? Uh, he may be 19, I think. Yeah, he's he's going to be he's going to be crazy good. Which is obviously a good thing. I mean, sticking to the long haul for for the Spurs. I mean, obviously they don't have to look longer term. If like what you were saying, Sean, if they make some trades, try to build around them here. I'm sure, obviously, they probably won't do anything this year because, as you said, they're they're in last place right now. But you know, going into the off season, depending on who the free agents are, making some trades to try to start building their their franchise for the longer term, especially knowing that you have someone who's 19 years old and has a long career in front of them. I mean, they're, they're looking at another lottery pick when if they're in last place, they're going to have the highest percentage to, to win the first pick overall, which would, I don't know if a team's ever won two number one picks in a row in the NBA since the lottery system, but. I think the Sixers were maybe not back to back, but we had number one Ben Simmons, number one Markel Fultz. Um, unfortunately, neither, neither of those worked out for the Sixers. So hopefully the Spurs don't make the same mistake. <laughs> Yeah, trust trust the process, right? Wasn't that their slogan yeah. back then? Yeah. 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 I was going to say that. 
I, I was actually at a Spurs Sixers game when the Spurs were still, you know, really good and the Sixers were going through their trust the process. And in typical Greg Popovich fashion, he benched, you know, Duncan, Ginobili, Parker, everybody, you know, everybody was on the bench. And the Sixers, I think, ended up beating him by like 30 points. And I was in the front row, had my Ginobili jersey on. It was, <laughs> so it was a good, good environment. But uh, and as I say, the Spurs have the coach too to, to bring him back. To start not start a nice uh, little dynasty here for him. They got another top draft pick and build that foundation. Yeah, I think there were like twenty one seasons straight of playoff appearances. Oh wow! About two or three years ago, when when they first didn't make it, you know, if they have a five year gap in between that and you know can go right back to that, I think that's kind of cements him. Obviously, he had some great players, and every good coach needs some really good players, but um, probably cement him as one of the best coaches of all time. Yeah. 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 So going into this week, we have some of the largest stocks inside the S&P 500 reporting earnings. So we have Apple, Amazon, Google, Meta, Microsoft. So five of the largest companies inside the S&P 500 have a combined market cap of over $10 trillion. So next couple of weeks are for... I was just thinking these high interest rates have very little impact to the companies that Cody just mentioned. Yep. I would say all five of them have extremely strong cash balances so they don't have to go out into that that longer duration to loan money for innovation or any additional credit they have the money in hand so i think that's kind of one of the real positives that's going to help them too this week in the earnings season they don't have to worry about those higher rates yeah that's definitely a good call so hopefully a lot of the um analysts out there are saying that maybe some of the valuations inside the u.s especially u.s tech are extended or you have to pay a lot more for these companies compared to some of the other valuations around the world. But hopefully their earnings will come in strong this this week and then potentially the valuations aren't near as extended as what they look like right now. So it definitely will be an important week for the stock market, but hopefully all those earnings will, will come in pretty strong. And I think the other big theme, Cody, artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, especially for a- Apple starting to get into it, Microsoft kind of being the the leader in it, I guess Amazon's going to dabble in it. So that seems to be a, a pretty big theme too going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they talk about that and what their what their plans are going forward. Whether it's potentially maybe cutting the workforce, we've seen a decent amount of uh, companies potentially laying off some people because they think AI can can take some of the jobs. But it'll be interesting to see how they expect AI to hopefully positively impact their earnings going forward. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Coachable Wealth, brought to you by Morton Brown Family Wealth, an SEC-registered investment advisor. This podcast is designed for educational and informational purposes and not intended as investment advice. More information can be found at www.mortonbrownfw.com.